Support comes from Bellingham's Whatcom Museum with its historic Hall of Birds on May 31st and June 1st hosting bird taxidermist and museum preservationist Alice Markham for a weekend of events and workshops. Details and tickets at whatcommuseum.org. You're listening to Soundside. I'm Libby Denkman. Adult dancers say working in Washington strip clubs carries a lot of risk. The opportunities that kept my family safe do not exist for dancers today because of legislation that criminalizes our behavior and keeps clubs barely financially able to sustain. When I'm dancing, uniformed officers harassing guests with flashlights and photographs creates an unsafe atmosphere, especially when there are no violations unrelated to clothing. Data shows that economic vulnerability and poverty is one of the highest risk factors for vulnerability to traffickers. experience, the clubs that serve alcohol are the safest, and it comes down to um, negotiating power. Like, the more negotiating power you have, the more you can tell the customers to listen to you. Those voices were a few dancers giving public testimony in a February 14th hearing in front of the State House Labor and Workplace Standards Committee. Other concerns included a lack of security response when a customer gets aggressive. And added to that financial insecurity they mentioned, thin profit margins that put dancers at an increased risk of sex trafficking. To try and mitigate some of these issues, Washington lawmakers are considering SB 6105, what some are calling the Stripper's Bill of Rights. If passed, proponents say the bill would enact some of the strongest protections for dancers anywhere in the country. Here to break the bill down is Melissa Santos, a reporter for Axios. Hi, Melissa. Always good to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. So to start off, what are dancers saying needs to change with how strip clubs are operated in Washington? What kind of changes do they want to see? There's a few levels to this bill. And one of them that they're really concerned about, the dancers are, is security. Some dancers say that there just really isn't security staff available at clubs when a customer or a patron threatens them or says that they won't pay. And that puts the dancers in a really terrible position because they, if they can't get paid, they actually still owe money in general to the club owners for like the privilege of dancing there because they're all independent contractors. So you have this situation where dancers say there's not enough people to intervene if, you know, patrons get threatening with them or withhold payment. But then they also are still on the hook to pay for their sort of rent to dance on these stages or at these clubs and that they can owe money even if they made nothing for the day. Mm. So that's um, something that they wanted to address both those issues with this bill. So 6105, SB 6105, it's passed the Senate and it's currently in committee in the state house. There was a hearing on Wednesday on the bill. Tell us about the legislation. How would it fix the issues dancers are raising? Well, it would have some requirements that there has to be someone that's primarily focused on security at a strip club that you can't kind of just have it spread as much between, you know, have a bartender be the security. That doesn't quite work. It would establish some baseline guidelines for security. Uh, It also would establish some procedures for reporting misconduct by customers and kind of making sure that there is a system for which dancers can make complaints about patrons if there's people who are behaving inappropriately. And it also would require some basic things like keypad locks on dressing rooms so people can't just wander back there. And with the strip clubs themselves, it does set a pretty strict cap on fees that the clubs can charge the dancers. So 
it would be, you know, no more than 30% of what they make in a day. And you, they wouldn't, oh, like back rent is what they call it, like more than what they made anymore. That would be banned under this bill. Part of the bill also opens the door for liquor sales in strip clubs, which is a really big deal for Washington state. Famously, we can't have drinks served in dance establishments. So why is that significant and how would it open the door for that? Well, there is an amendment added on the floor in the Senate that basically would have the liquor board repeal this lewd conduct rule that is what makes it so you can't show any skin or, you know, the skin we're talking about, at least in an institution that serves alcohol. So it would get rid of that, basically. And dancers say that's important because they say the reason they're charged such high fees in Washington state for dancing, basically, by the clubs is because the clubs aren't making any money on liquor. The clubs, they say, the dancers do, need to make money on liquor so that there is this pressure to sort of, you know, get money from the dancers as independent contractors. So these things are interrelated in that way for the dancers who are pushing for this. What kind of pushback have you seen on this? You know, it actually had quite a bit of it feels like it has some support, certainly from Democrats. It seems fairly universally supported in the Senate. But I think that alcohol portion, there's a little bit of there's some reservations about the alcohol portion and whether that should be in this bill. Uh, And so that we saw that come up on the Senate floor where some senators said, I don't really feel like we should be telling the liquor board to just repeal a rule like this doesn't feel like the right process. It's not that there was, you know, really hard, firm opposition. It just I think there was some questions about whether that needs to be discussed more sort of separately from this issue of sort of the safety for adult dancers. Mm -hmm. And I think that you'll see that come up again, probably in the other chamber. This group behind the bill, Strippers Are Workers, They have been successful at lobbying for some other changes, right? Can you tell me a little bit about the group and their work and, you know, anything else that they're working on? Yeah, so they uh, already got some safety changes they wanted back in 2019 with some legislation that they really uh, pushed to pass. And now this this group has hundreds of adult dancers in Washington state now that are involved with it, that get updates and kind of work on this advocacy. So the the thing is, though, the, the bill they passed in 2019, it didn't do everything they wanted. And there were some gaps, for instance, like that legislation said there will be panic buttons at strip clubs so they can push a button if a customer, you know, in a private room is crossing a line. But it didn't really say you have to, you know, maintain those panic buttons or say that they have to work necessarily. Yeah. Or have so, people <laughs> respond, right? They're saying yeah. that there's not enough security. Yeah. Right, exactly. So it's kind of saying, okay, we started something there, but we need to flesh this out so it's a system that works, you know, that there needs to be sort of an actual system for keeping a list of blacklisted or blocklisted customers that was indicated there. But, you know, there's not really any follow up that's happened in some cases. So, yeah, they've been pretty successful in, in organizing for that. And that also formed a work group that created a lot of recommendations on how to improve the industry. So they kind of got the whole state, you know, labor and industries department working to kind of examine their industry and figure out how to make it safer for them. So they really um, kind of have been doing a lot of work and had a lot of success in Olympia, I think, getting lawmakers and, and, and bureaucrats to hear them. Is it fair to say that Washington is one of the uh, tightest regulatory environments for strip clubs in the country? 
I can't think of many other places I've lived where you had so many rules, like no booze in the strip club, things like that. Well, this is what's interesting to me because I asked one of the you know campaign leaders about that, where it seemed like we're talking about two things, that Washington has so few protections and other states have more protections for, for, the, for strippers and dancers, but then also that Washington has these really strict rules. So on the alcohol side, yes, um, I, I don't know that there's another state that regulates um, or bans alcohol in strip clubs like Washington. I'm, I, I'd like to say we're the only one who does, but I'm not 100% sure. It's, if there's another couple, it's very few states that do that. So we're very strict on that. Um, but there are other states that have adopted some more protections than we have on the securities and sort of dancer workforce side. So we're kind of we do both things. We are stricter in some ways, definitely with the alcohol. But then um, some other states have gone further than we have in sort of treating dancers as uh, workers who have, um, you know, need labor rights and such. Yeah, it seems like the regulation, according to the dancers, has been misguided in the way the rules are affecting them, at least as as contractors. So what's next for this bill, Melissa? I mean, what has to happen here? Is it an all or nothing type thing? Could there be a piece of this bill that survives and, you know, something like the the liquor issue is kind of peeled off for another day? What are next steps? Yeah, I think that that's a likely outcome in some ways because the liquor board is already looking at its own rules and its lewd conduct rules in light of some other things that have been happening lately and whether they should just fix that on their own. So that could be pulled out of the bill. That's possible if that's what's going to hold the bill up. It's possible that would be considered separately. There's a committee deadline next week by which this has to pass out of the House committee to in order to move forward. So there's a few steps still on the way to this becoming a law. And this is the point at which someone might say, I just can't vote for this without alcohol portion in. And so we might see it stripped out in in the committee or on the House floor as well as possible. Uh, But I think because this was something they were working on last year, the Strippers Are Workers group, and actually I've been working on for several years, I think it does have some momentum to potentially pass. Um, In what form, I guess we'll have to see. Melissa Santos is a reporter for Axios in Seattle. Thanks for being here, Melissa, and for covering this. Yeah, thanks for having me. The next hearing on SB 6105 is scheduled for February 20th. Thanks for listening to SoundSide. And hey, this show is only possible because listeners support us. If you are able to give right now, check out the show notes for a link to donate. And don't forget, you can listen live on KUOW 94.9 FM Seattle at noon and 8 p.m. Monday through Thursday or anytime online at KUOW.org. Seattle in the 90s. A tidal wave of iconic music roars out of this sleepy city and launches a pop culture revolution. Here's a story you haven't heard. Let the Kids Dance is a new podcast about the rise and fall of Seattle's teen dance ordinance, the law that made it illegal for young people to go to concerts. A story of moral panic, grassroots activism, and an unstoppable music community that fought for its freedom. Listen to Let the Kids Dance from KUOW and the NPR Network.